Welcome to the Startup to Something podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Matt. This is our weekly update where we share the ups and downs of building and growing our bootstrapped online businesses. And sometimes we ramble on about tech. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, brother? Not much, not much. You? Yeah, pretty chill for a Monday. I was up in the middle of the night last night. It was thunderstorming. So I was just like, oh God, the dog. I hope the dog's not afraid, but she's like, dead to the world couldn't care less okay, yeah whatever that's how i was i, I didn't even hear it there you go how was your week what's been going on yeah it's been it's been frustrating Ooh. <laughs> yeah like uh it's been productive uh, so at least it's that mm. but uh oh it's there's just so many things that i find frustrating about starting a new project mm. like i I'm a big fan of Ruby on Rails. That's what I've been using for over 10 years, if not more. But it seems like each time I start a new project, like you want to use the latest version of Rails, right? Because that's the one that's going to get the longest support. But then like they always change stuff, right? So so you're always starting from scratch and it always takes me at least a a whole day to like set up a new project. And and I'll, I'll... I'll reuse the same components like device for authentication and okay. authorization, but uh, like each time the integration is going to be different, and mm-hmm. and uh, it generates you know it can generate some HTML for you, but then you know it's never it never works perfectly with Tailwind or Bootstrap, or, right? So you got to redesign those pages anyways, and mm-hmm. like it seems like I'm always redoing the same things. Mm-hmm. And the last time I did I did. A Rails project, I had created some templates because I thought, oh yeah, like I don't want to have to redo this every time. Mm-hmm. But I tried to use those templates now, and they just didn't work with you know right. with Rails six point one. Uh, what kind so of I'm, stuff are they changing? Well, they they add new they add new things, mm-hmm. um, and often I I end up just deactivating all these new things they had. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Like there's there's one thing they added quite a few versions ago that like it makes the the loading of the server faster in okay. development mode. But I find too often like it caches stuff, and then so then you get this weird problem where it's not working, and you go change code, and then it's not working, and it, and it's only like after wasting five ten minutes that you realize oh shit, it's most likely cached. <laughs> So I have to restart the server. You have one job. <laughs> Your one job is to deliver the changes I made. Why are you casting Exactly. Them? Yeah. Well, that's it. That was the beauty of Rails at the beginning. It was like, you know, it's not compiled. So it's all interpreted. So it reloads everything for you all the time. Mm-hmm. So in development mode, like your changes are immediate. But then as the project gets bigger, it gets a little too slow. So then they added all these new, like things to cache and speed up stuff but still supposed to reload everything but sometimes it doesn't so you gotta guess like when is that one time that something's not working it's because it was cached mm. so yeah so i always end up de- uninstalling those things i see uh but then yeah they that they, they add new things and you have new settings that you have to change and mm-hmm. uh, and like i said i if only i could create a template for it so then i would just create a new project but Maintaining that template would take me probably as much time as just starting from scratch every time. Yeah. If I was starting new projects every week, then maybe it'd be worth it. Sure. 
but since I usually only start a new project every year, it's not. So yeah, so that was a waste of time. But I got I got my Rails project up and running, and then I started struggling with cores. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. Good old cores. Cores. <laughs> it's oh my god, it's just hell. <laughs> and that also changes, right? Like mm. you know, like usually I would just create a wild card, like yeah, yeah just yep. allow anything from anywhere. Mm-hmm. But now with the browsers are getting stricter and stricter about like cross domain cookie sharing and mm-hmm. so some stuff was not working and, and at one point it just I get an error message says you can't use wildcards. Really? Yeah. So you have to you have to use like the domain of the site that's using you. So then I was like, Well, I can't um, you know, who knows how many websites are gonna be using me, so I can't you know, I can't manually add them, right? <laughs> so then I just Decided, well, I'll just use the refer as you know, <laughs> you know, somebody recalls me, I'll just use the refer as an allowed domain. Oh, okay, because you yeah. can decide that at runtime, exactly. Oh, okay, right. yeah, I'm used to the Java world where it's like that's a config that you pass oh. at runtime, and it's like, what, where, what origin are you allowed to receive requests from? And there's no change. Well, I guess you could change it, but. yeah, you could. It's just a HTTP header that you yeah. send back, so fair enough, you could just set it yourself. But yeah, but then I wasted who knows how long till I realized that I shouldn't be using the refer, I shouldn't be using the origin because the refer had a trailing slash. <laughs> so that's not an actual domain. <laughs> but of course, like there's no, you get no feedback from the browser telling you what's wrong, right? Yeah. It's just cores, you know, cores request blocked. Go go read this RFC. Exactly, motherfucker. I'm not going to read that. Like, (laughs) yeah. And even if you would have read it, right? You know, like how long before you realize? Oh, it's that fucking trailing slash the problem. (laughs) That's the problem. Oh my god! Right. Everything else of that string was fine. The HTTPS and the domain and everything was fine, but that fucking trailing slash was the problem. Horrific. So yeah, the whole day is wasted just with frustrating little nitty-gritty details like that. But the other problem is also that a lot of this stuff just doesn't work if it's not HTTPS. Mm. So like how do you set up a local HTTPS proxy, reverse proxy for your for your Rails application? Local uh, HTTPS is garbage. Yeah, it's exactly. It's really annoying. Yeah. And, then, and yeah, and that was the other problem is that uh, you can self-sign a certificate yourself, yeah. but then yeah, Chrome would not accept it. No. So so then I did eventually find a solution. Like someone made a, a Docker container that will self-sign domains. Like it will self-sign certificates, mm-hmm. but it will then add them to your your keychain, like so that the browsers will assume that those oh. are valid. Okay, but you know. Who knows how many hours it took me before I found that solution? Yeah, Ugh, brutal. Oh yeah, it's, it, it's so frustrating. <laughs> why do it's you know why can't we have nice things? It's because all these people ruining the internet with with tracking cookies and and spam and nothing is simple. Oh my god, it's so irritating. Yeah, but the good news is, in, by the end of the week, I had I had a working prototype. Good. And yeah, I think uh, I should be able this week to, 
to start actually having a demo of me using it. Okay. Are you going to wait until you have a demo to announce it here? Or Yeah, yeah. I think so. Because <laughs> there's still some things that I'm not certain about. Mm-hmm. Like the, I talked to a designer to kind of bounce the idea off them. And yeah, I got some feedback where I'm like, well... That's not at all the direction I was going in, but this is just the opinion of one person, right? So, like, how do you how do you balance like like the direction I was going in was more like I want I want it to be like a drop in dead simple solution yeah. that gets the functionality going at at the compromise that you don't have full design control. Yeah. But this designer was more like, no, I, I want full design control, and I'm okay with with doing some extra technical work in order to get it to work. Okay. So I think, I mean, both solutions are good, but for the MVP, I just want to do one of them. Totally, yeah. So I'm still not sure exactly. That's why I I won't reveal it this week or what I'm working on. But once I've I've decided which way I'm going, then then I'll be able to do a demo of it. And so, yeah, that's... uh, that was pretty much it for my week. Filled with uh, dev. Yeah, and, and support. Look, the good news mm-hmm. is I'm I'm getting more and more support. Okay. So because a lot of people in the in the SaaS industry are complaining that this summer is kind of brutal. Like mm-hmm. like signups are down. Okay. Like it seems like like it seems like a lot of people are all experiencing the same thing. Is that traffic is constant. Like you're still getting lots of visitors. But signups are actually down, and then of course everything after that funnel is down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so that was what I was experiencing also. Like nothing in my traffic had changed, but signups were down, and which meant like support was down, which which was a good thing, but <laughs> but not a good thing because it did mean my my monthly revenue was also down. But now it seems to be going back up again. My signups are going up. So support is also going up. Okay. So if it, it feels it feels promising. It feels like yeah, this was just a summer low. Okay. Some people are saying it's actually much different this year than any other year. Mm. So like because of COVID, somehow this summer low is lower than usual. Uh, this is I haven't been in operations for a whole year yet in this industry, so I don't know if this is common for the. Right for web designers to to do nothing during the summer. So I don't know if it's a if it's going to be a seasonal thing every year or or if this was just a covid thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz I feel like I've heard people talk about lull periods. I don't remember. I know that there were deals around December, I think. Cuz I think December has well, I mean, at least for retail that's true because I've heard uh, statistics around like the more stat, and it makes sense, the more stat holidays are in a month, the lower your revenues are, which makes sense. You're closed. People right. can't shop. Um, and December has so many stats in it that they're like, okay, well, we need to like really incentivize people to shop. Really. But I mean, that's retail. I wonder how much it maps on to. Yeah. I've heard both things about December. Like one of them is some people say it's that it goes down most likely because yeah it's end of year people are not working as much so they're not signing up for new products or <laughs> new services it's like you know i'm just i'm just getting ready to leave on vacation 
<laughs> They're ready to leave on December 1st. <laughs> exactly. Oh it's like, no, no, I just want to do Christmas parties and <laughs> and go shopping. Uh, but then I've heard the other side where a lot of companies that have like specific budgets for software will like go on a shopping spree in December. Mm. You know, like it's, oh, it's end of year and I still have a thousand bucks to spend. Right. Right. You need to spend it. Otherwise, your your boss is going to take that budget away from you next year. Yeah. So then they'll sign up to, for a bunch of SaaS apps. Time for the professional version of Power. Exactly. So yeah, so I've heard both sides. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I wish I had something to add to the conversation about it, but I, I feel like I hear like Rob talks about it a little bit on uh, Starts for the Rest of Us. Um, but it's true. Like I, I feel like I, yeah, like Justin Jackson's been talking about it on Twitter and a few others. Like the yeah, the summer of SaaS doom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I mean, it looks promising that it's getting back up, but then, uh, but then I guess I'm gonna have to plan for this next summer. Like, if this is cyclical in the web design industry, then I should, I should be ready for it next year. Totally. So yeah. So that was my week. Okay. How was yours? Uh, mine was pretty good. So I've started tweeting more. Um, yeah, I saw as that. Part of, as, part of, as part of my goals. Um, I really just like was saying to myself, I don't, I don't know. The, the thing I always think is that I can't produce a good quality tweet every day. I just can't. I'm not in the, I don't have the right headspace some days. So I just fired up Buffer and I kind of have a running list of like things I'd like to tweet about. And I kind of take a few minutes now and then and take an idea, turn it into a tweet and throw it into, into the queue. So right okay. now I've got like a week and a half of tweets set up just to, you know, drip something out every day. Um, and that's kind of nice. It's nice to like open up your phone and be like, oh, people liked what you're saying. And it's like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> that feels good. So your your cadence is like once a day, that's it? Yeah, I'm shooting for one a day. Okay. One a weekday. Yeah. Okay. One weekday. And and yeah, I, I mean, the notifications, you say it, it feels nice to see people liking your stuff. But overall, like, have you noticed more followers? Like, no. as if, okay. No, no new followers. Yet. Yeah, I'm trying to get into the habit of just like being more active on social media at all. And then because I feel like, I mean, I'd be interested to hear your take on this. But I feel like if you're going to get the way to get new followers is more through engagement, unless you're like really good at crafting very viral tweets. Um, Right. You know, uh, engaging with people on Twitter is how you build more meaningful connection. Um, So I feel like I want to get it's like I need to get I need to start somewhere. (laughs) And I figure tweeting at all is probably a, a decent place to begin. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm no expert, but uh, when I did, because I've had an account on Twitter forever, but I never really used it. But then when I launched Power Importer, I started basically being active last year in November. Okay. So I think I, I had a hundred, a hundred maybe followers, <laughs> and now I have I don't know maybe eight hundred or Mister Popularity maybe nine hundred, which which is nothing actually. I've seen people like you know reach two thousand. Like in a year, like, uh, but so what has worked for me? I don't know. Like hashtags and engaging with yeah, and engaging on popular threads. So yeah, I mean, at least right now, the nice thing about doing it the buffer way is I don't have to spend time on Twitter because that's it's yeah. very easy to just scroll and scroll and scroll. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to not have to worry about a distraction, or <laughs> I can indirectly use Twitter, um, but. 
I do. I think yeah. If you're going to start building a following at all, then you probably need to. You know, engagement needs to be the name of the game. And I don't really have a plan for that yet. Um, I think getting comfortable with just saying anything at all and putting yourself out there is something to something worthwhile to begin with. Like most of, yeah. m- most of my tweets are about like feelings I'm having or you know how I relate to things. So yeah. anxiety, what it's like to ask yourself, what do you want? Um, guilt, feelings of guilt, these kinds of things. So it's, uh, I mean, it's it's like personal but relatable. So I don't know. We'll see. It's so yeah, weird no, to talk about so academic. <laughs> why, why is it weird? I don't know. It's weird to just be like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of like, it's like, oh, yeah, my take is I kind of come out and be vulnerable. And it's like, it's weird because I don't know, like I, I spend a lot of time, like an emotional energy to like really say what I want to say because it's you know, 280 characters. It's not a lot. So it's like, how do you say something succinct, but speaks to what your experience is? Right. It's almost like it's a whole thing. <laughs> Who thought? <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's I'm getting started with it, which is cool. Cool. Yeah, I was just curious, like if you had noticed an increase in followers, because because I think I should also do the same thing. I should start again. So I was just curious, like how how quickly do you start seeing results? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. Um, part of me like kind of would like to um, hear from someone who's done it and done it well. Of just like, oh yeah, how do you how do you grow a following? Uh, and I feel like step one is tweet at all. And then step right. two is like engage with the people that you're interested in. Um, or I mean, at least that's what it seems like. Cause if you have no followers at all and you're tweeting gold, like how are you going to find, how are people going to find you? Cause right now it's a lot of my friends and people I've met that follow me and engage with me. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's that retweet. It's one thing. It's like, oh, it's nice to get the like cause Twitter will throw your likes into other people's feeds or what you liked into other people's feeds. But, um, it's that. The all holy retweet. That's what you. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah, I mean, I know on Twitter shows you your like monthly analytics. Okay. And you know, usually it'll tell you what was your most popular tweet, what was your most popular media tweet, and yeah, I've noticed sometimes it's like a random comment that you made on someone's thread that mm-hmm. gets the most, the most views, and right. the, the only problem is attribution of new followers is impossible to to know so you see okay wow that that tweet got you know like half a million views right but uh, so i got some new followers this month were any of them from that tweet who knows <laughs> i know that uh like daniel vasallo has that course of like how to build a following or you know he's like i built a following on twitter you should pay me to teach you how i did it and i didn't take the course but or I, I didn't I, I didn't pay for it because I had no interest in it at the time. But if it were on sale, it might be an interesting talk or an interesting course. I'd be interested to talk to someone who's who's taken it to see if they if they learned anything. Right. Because I don't yeah, know. It I'm, feels like consist. This feels like a consistency game. Like pick something and do it consistently. That seems to be what everyone says mm-hmm. about Twitter, and it seems like, I think all of them, all of the social networks. It's like they've all been pretty much gamified to to give you the incentive to be active. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not active, then you get punished. It's like you need to be active so that other people basically I mean, you know, it makes sense, right? Like they, they don't produce content, so they need you to produce the content for them. Yeah. So they will reward you if you create content. Especially when people go to crazy lengths to produce content every day. Yeah. Could you imagine trying to produce like a YouTube video every day? Yeah, 
No, it takes me forever to make one simple demo. Yeah, oh man. It's like a... I write one tweet and I'm like sweating. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I can't do anything else for the rest of the day. Yeah. I, I, part of me just also doesn't like the idea of investing on someone else's platform. Totally. Like, you know, like everyone's writing all these really long Twitter threads, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of blog posts, you write a big long Twitter thread. But like recently, Twitter started playing around with like preventing people from reading tweets unless you're logged into Twitter. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, like I saw some people on Hacker News mention it. Like all of a sudden, they have to be logged in to see tweets. So imagine you know you invested years of writing all these threads, and then, and now you can't even share the threads, like because you know maybe you're sharing it with someone that uh, doesn't have a Twitter account. Like recently, I was on the MicroConf Slack channel, mm-hmm. and someone was asking about uh, captchas. Okay, and uh, so then I, I was able to just link to that. It was a very short thread that I made on Twitter. Yep, but I basically explain. You know, explained what what alternatives I had looked at, why I didn't want to use Google, mm-hmm. and then the the solution that I did find. Uh, so I just shared that that tweet thread like in the Slack channel, and uh, and sure enough, like I got a bunch of comments on the thread that that day from from random people. Like, so all of a sudden that thread like got more visibility on Twitter because people were going to it. Okay. Yeah. So, so, but you know, like imagine if. Twitter like blocks it off and now you need to mm-hmm. there's a login wall now to see these threads yeah. these so all these links that have been shared all over the place they're no they're all dead ends now yeah so yeah the part, part of me just feels like I don't want to invest in someone's platform like that where my content I can't share my content freely like you know here I wrote a thread and now I can't just share it around like to answer people's questions oh, oh you want a good idea for or a captcha well you know Here's how I came up with my decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn, that's brutal. I mean, it, like, I feel like the the conventional wisdom for the longest time has always been be active on as many platforms as you like, but have your own email list where you own right. all of the emails. Like, it, exactly, it's the most valuable asset you can build. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's what I I want to be start doing is write a blog post first then transform it into a Twitter thread and put that on Twitter. So it's like you're, you know, the real, the real product that you produced is that, is that blog post. And that's what I'm going to share on the Slack channel, like to answer someone's question. But, but then you just repurpose it on Twitter for, for people who are already logged in on Twitter and to satisfy the algorithm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's clever stuff. I mean, it's, uh, it sucks that we have to like jump through these hoops, but that's the reality of playing in someone else's garden yeah yuck so aside from that um had some i had some feelings this week <laughs> i wanted to talk <laughs> i wanted to talk to you about my feelings so um been working been doing the freelancing thing still and my right now where i'm at is for the last probably month or more i've been doing a lot more than you know the range of what my uh my employer and i have discussed so we talked about 12 to 16 hours a week. I've been doing probably closer to 25 hours, maybe a little bit more sometimes. And I'm doing that because um, before I went on vacation, so basically where my head is, is I want to make sure that, you know, my, my employer's paying me, he's paying me good money. And I want to make sure that he gets value from the thing that he's paying me for. 
So before I went on vacation, I was like, all right, I really want to make sure that he's got something that he can use before I go on vacation. So I ended up working quite a lot and I got to that point and I got him some results. Awesome. And then I came back, but my momentum didn't go down. I just kind of came back and like kept doing that like high number of hours. So from that, um, I've been making a lot of progress, but at the same time, I'm getting into this cycle of, I don't necessarily feel good about the work that I did unless it's directly delivering value. Like unless it turns into a button that he can click and then get value from that button. I'm like, Ooh, I didn't deliver value today. And I'm getting caught in this, in this terrible cycle where, and I I can see it a lot. I I can see it from where I'm sitting with a bit of perspective of your happiness or satisfaction can't be linked to the outcome of, of a project. Like, sure, this person has speculated that I can add value to what he wants to do. So he hired me to do that. And I'm absolutely delivering on that. Like, there's no question. I'm not goofing around. Uh, I know I've delivered value and I see it working and I'm happy with the level of work that I'm getting. But I can also see that he kind of has these larger questions that he wants to investigate. And, you know, there's a path between where we are today and there. And every day we're not there, I'm intuiting these feelings. I'm putting these feelings on him that he's not happy with the outcome. Whether whether that's true or not has nothing to do with me. <laughs> like, I do very good work. I know I do good work. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a good person to work with, and my results stand for themselves. But at the same time, I still have those feelings of, like, I'm not doing enough or we're not where we should be. So, you know, Friday, I was planning on working on my own stuff for the whole day and even over the weekend. Um, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. As soon as I would open up my own thing, it's a pang of guilt. And it's like, no, I'm just going to go back and just do this one thing. I'm going to go back and just do this one thing. And before you know it, I worked all Saturday and then a little bit on Sunday. Of oh, no. Just trying to do this stuff. And I, and I came away on Sunday night. And I was like, all right, I'm not feeling burnt out or anything like that. I do, st- I did, still got a chance to rest and that sort of thing. But I realized, like, this is really wrong. The whole point of taking a freelancing gig is so that I can do, I can fund my own work. And this is a chance for me to, to do the work that I'm funding. And then to sit back and realize, like, well, the reason I'm not is because my feelings are getting in the way. I have this feeling of guilt. So it's one thing to, to see it. Like, I feel like I've got a pretty clear... Um, I've got a pretty clear idea that it's happening, but at the same time, I'm just thinking I gotta, I need to get over these feelings of, you know, it's not the outcome of this project is not my, it's not my problem. Like, yes, I want you to win. Like, it's it, it would be pretty soulless to be like, I don't give a shit. I write the code and then I go home and that's it. Like, no, I care that he gets a win out of this. But right. at the same time, like, what I want matters, and it matters more. It matters more than the other projects that I'm working. Yeah. So it took, you know, it kind of took the week, my, me throwing my my body at this <laughs> uh, over the weekend to realize that I came out the other side with with nothing to show for my own work and to say like, oh shit, actually, is this some like because I basically need to make a choice, right? I need to make a choice that I am able to balance this because if I'm not, then I very then I you know I have to draw a line in the sand of. Well, if I can't balance both, then I have to do one at a time. And that means that I need to be working harder on the freelancing stuff so that I can work, get to a point, get him set, and then depart. Um, because otherwise I'll never, it's just another job. It's another job. Okay. It's, it's never an opportunity for me to, to work on. So you think the solution is to end this contract? No, I think the solution, like, I think 
step one is realize that there's a problem and I'm seeing, well, like, yeah, I, I feel it. I feel the problem viscerally. And I think the next part is just setting better boundaries. Okay. Um, I, I, it, this is a, I, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that this is a muscle. The more we, the more time I spend being uncomfortable with, Hey, there, there's a fire burning. doesn't matter. I have to go. It's, it's time to be over here doing something else. Um, you have to come to terms with that. Because, like, life doesn't always give you the option to work on one thing at a time. Like, we have to work on multiple things. It's This is, right. this is the way things are. Um, and I feel like I've realized the problem. And my, so my big goal for this week is, look, Friday is mine. That's There's nothing more to it. Friday is mine. And it doesn't matter how on fire shit is. And I want to do the same for Thursday as well. I've been working a lot. Uh, for this freelancing contract and it's great i because the part of the problem is i really enjoy the work <laughs> right yeah exactly it's really fun um i'm having a i'm having a blast but at the same time it's like stop having fun with this thing and go have fun doing something else this work will be here when you get back yeah it's that whole certainty uncertainty thing right Absolutely. Like, like working on the contract is easy like i know i know what needs to get done mm-hmm. i know i'm gonna get paid for it so it's like whenever there's is slightly, just the slightest little bit of doubt, it's just so easy. It's just, oh no, I'll, I'll just go finish that thing. Right there, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, my God, exactly. Like, I feel like I, I had a loop for a while with um, with like Reddit and Hacker News. It would be like as soon as I had any like laborious thought in my head of like, oh, I don't want to do that. Command tab over to Reddit, over to uh, Chrome, Reddit.com, scroll, scroll, scroll. Yeah, just exactly. it's so much easier to read the news than it is to. Uh, than it is to deal with hard things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or like even to myself, like yeah. I have this huge to-do list of things, right? Like a lot of them are for Power and Porter and for this new side project. Mm-hmm. Or, But then some of it is just like uh, just regular maintenance stuff that needs to be done mm-hmm. or, um, you know, or like my corporate accounting or Ugh. my finances or, or just like all everyday stuff that I've automated in my life. Like sometimes I get new ideas. Oh, I need to automate this thing, like, or add this new script. And, and often it's much easier to do that stuff than to do, to start a new complicated thing that needs to be done for power and board. Right. It's like, all right, you know, it's, it's, it's early afternoon. What do I work on? It's like, Oh my, okay. I could open this can of worms, but who knows how long it's going to take me to do it. Will I be able to finish it by the end of the day? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'll just work on this script instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's so, Cause, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I'll get instant gratification after an hour. It's like, all right, it works. It's nice. Look yeah. at that. Part of my life is automated now. Yep. <laughs> Small win. Yeah, totally. Totally. So yeah, I feel like maybe um actually the word yeah, the small win is a very interesting way to put it i wonder if it's well, i mean any great project what it's taking a step back like the power of momentum is dope like it's incredible it's so good so if you can get that momentum it's just going to help you so much so it's like how can i set up a small win for this that'll just get me that'll get me more interested in in, in doing it or more not in, it's not that i'm not interested in doing it but i'm more interested in pushing the boundary against my freelancing work in order to work on it because yeah like i've got all this momentum with the freelancing it's like how do i move away from that momentum onto something that has no momentum? right so yeah i feel like i'm a bucket of excuses today but i don't know like i um i want to acknowledge the feeling that i'm having of that yeah like i i'm looking at this and thinking oh i can there's certainty here i'm making somebody happy 
I'm fighting off feelings of guilt. Like there's all these negative things that I can turn into a positive if I just throw a little more time at it. If I can just do a little bit more. If I just, if I, and it's not fulfilling the, my goal of working on what I want to work on, of why I did all of this in the first place. So yeah, my goal for this week coming up is I need to cap the number of hours. So I, we said 12 to 16 and he, you know, my client is, is like, basically he's at the point where he'll take whatever time I throw at this because, you know, for him, it's not about the money. It's about the time. How, how long is it going to take? Um, so if I, I just need to push back and say, Hey, you know, we, this is the agreement we signed and this is, this is what I need to give you. And it's up to me to enforce that boundary. So this right. week, my boundary is my 16 hour boundary and that's it. And be as lethal as possible in those 16 hours. And that's all, that's all there is to it. Here's a crazy idea. What if you started your week working on your own stuff? Oh shit, son. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's really smart. That's really smart. Cause here I am like, oh, it's the end of the week that, yeah. You know what? Yeah. This is very similar to, um, how I feel about going to the gym. Exactly. It's so easy to, to skip the gym at the end of the day. But if you, yeah. like, I get up at absurd hours in the morning to go to the gym because I'm like, no, if you go first thing in the morning, then it's done. You got it out of the way. Exactly. It's like, pay, pay yourself first. Yeah. So, yeah, if you did your one or two days of project work, your, your side project work, mm. then after that, all right, now I only have two days left this week. That's it's time for the consulting work. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think I'm going to do that then. I usually, I try to sit down and edit the podcast super quickly after we record. So maybe I'll do that and then I'll just jump into side project land. Awesome. Nice. I like where your head's at. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of going to the gym, I've been, that, that's another whole set of feelings I've been having, but I've been trying to get back to the gym now. Um, it's time. Like I, I know I can feel better than I feel right now. And I know that being active is part of that. So I was saying, like, oh, I'll go to, because um, I, I like to go to like CrossFit gyms and that sort of thing. I like really high intensity workouts. And I was thinking to myself, okay, you, you know, my approach typically is I'll go to those classes, but uh, rather than just kick off at one of those classes, I'm going to go to a gym and use their free trial and just do a really hard workout myself because it's going to hurt real, real bad. And then take a few days to recover and then, right. then actually go to class and, you know, try not to puke. Um, so I did that on Thursday of last week, and my body is still destroyed. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Nagony. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, for me, it definitely takes more than a few days on the, that first workout. Yeah. yeah, when you're that out of shape, just like, I can't believe. Like, I was doing a, I was doing a ton of squats, because that's just not a movement that I do in my day-to-day right. life. So yeah, just tons of back squats and front squats and that kind of thing. And like, I had to bike home from the gym and was like, oh, well, this was a stupid idea. <laughs> but yeah, I, it, it, I was so sore. It's like, you know, when you go back to the gym and you do that workout and the next day you're not even sore yet because your yeah. body is like, what did you just do to me? <laughs> like, it's still so in shock. It was one of those. So yeah, the following day was a mess. And then, yeah, just ugh, good fun. No, that's good. That's good. So you started that again. Yeah. So I'll probably hit the gym maybe Wednesday morning, Wednesday or Thursday morning, depending on what class I can get into. So you found a CrossFit gym in, in the neighborhood? Yeah. There's there's two that are like, one's a lot closer than the other, um, but one right now is only doing outdoor classes, and I don't know how I feel about that. Right. <laughs> um, but every uh, everything's easier in the summer, because you can just bike. So... I was going to just bike 
Uh, and that's great until it gets too cold to bike. But I need to stop thinking about like, I need a system for everything. It's like, how about you do the short term thing now and figure it out from there? Yeah. Because like, I definitely, when I was, um, when I was doing more like five day a week workouts, like I was trucking across town in the, like in the freezing fucking cold. <laughs> like I was going to outrageous lengths to go to this particular gym at this particular time. And it's like, I mean, I did it once. I'm sure I can do it again. I'm, I'm, I don't want to make a decision for myself right now. I want to get into a, <laughs> want to get some momentum before I commit to something like that. Right. But, uh, but at this point I'm just like, uh, it's going to be a crappy walk in the winter. It'd be nice if I could make it a little faster, but yeah, I don't know. Hey, winter biking's really not that bad. No. Yeah. I do it all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you have like a like a fat tire or a mountain bike or the mountain bike tires? Yeah, it's a mountain bike. So they're just ordinary mountain bike tires. And honestly, it's really rare that the the road conditions are that bad for biking. That's true. Like it, it, you know, it's rare. Maybe one day out of two weeks, or or, you know, it. Yeah. So and then on those days, it's like yeah, you you're gonna bike half the speed you usually bike at during the summer but it's still like twice as fast as walking so it's still worth it and and it's never too cold for biking like mm. you quickly quickly warm up once you're on the bike yeah i may have to try that i mean on, on the absolute coldest days i wear ski goggles i was just gonna say you would have to find a way to cover your face right because that would yeah be the... exactly i wear ski goggles and uh and and a face scarf but uh, again it's it's you know yeah we do have cold days here in montreal but but it's not every day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, when I was back in Halifax over the winter, I was reminded of how much colder it is there than here, just because of the wind. Like the the wind right. just makes it way colder. There's just no wind here, so it's, yeah, it's minus thirty or something, but it feels like minus twenty. Anyway, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. Like, uh, I figuring out what a what a healthy routine looks like for furthering my work, um, right. both on the you know physical health side, but also on. How do I balance consulting with my own goals and projects that I like to work on? I like I like what you're where your head's at though. Pay you pay yourself first. It's a lesson I learned before I need to apply it. Yeah, I mean I've have said this so many times before. Like, it's not easy mm. do, working and doing a side project at the same time. Yeah, like I've I've failed at it many times. It's not easy. Like like you say, there's lots of there's emotions that don't make it easy, but there's also energy like. Mm, yeah energy oh my god so yeah that's pretty much what's up for me this week exploring side projects doing some freelance so for you do you have a most important objective right now is it the is it the secret side project yeah i think so yeah yeah i'm still not exactly sure what the deliverable is Mm. for it like what's the mvp is it is it just a video of me using it or or is it an actual working prototype of it being used for that side project that i'm trying to build Mm -hmm. like right like i'm trying to build this side project that needs this component so do i just do i is that the mvp having a working component that i can use for that side project Mm -hmm. or is it just a video of that component as if it was fully functional and then see if i if i can get some traction with that um, maybe a good question would be, how do you see yourself? So let's say it's, um, uh, let's say that it is, you've decided what that end deliverable looks like. It doesn't really matter what it is, but what did you have in mind for telling people about this, about launching it? Well, that's it. There's, there's two different, I had two different ideas. Okay. One is that I, I just launched this side project and then 
and I saw so look I just I just built this for the Webflow community you know go check it out and posting uh, it on like, the Webflow forums for example yeah exactly exactly and the Slack channels and right the Reddit and mm-hmm. the Facebook groups and it's, so yeah it's a it's it's a useful side project that you know serves the Webflow community uh, and then when you go check it out you, you might see how that it's built with Power and Porter and this new component. So then hopefully that drives traffic to both both of them. Mm-hmm. And then and then I will have maybe some videos showing how I built this side project. Mm-hmm. Like more behind the scene, this is how I built this part, using this new component and using Power and Porter. Right. So that, that was one idea. Mm-hmm. But an even smaller scope idea is just to to launch a landing page for this new component and just have a demo of me like using it like here, here this is how you would integrate it into your webflow site right. so that one is is a little harder to to market i find mm. yeah, yeah. you know because it because it's more like self-promotional like here like go check out this new thing i built and go sign up for the waiting list see yeah because i was just going to say what did you have in mind for a launch and is there one of these that facilitates a launch better or faster? I, I, just thinking about like, oh yeah, like are you sending it to your to the email list of Power Importer? Are you thinking more of the forums, all the above? Right. Yeah, that's tricky. I mean, for the Power Importer mailing list, like I, I have no shame in contacting everyone for that for that component because because that's who I'm building it for. It's like many of these customers will have a need for this new component. Mm-hmm. I call it a component, but I, I guess it's a it's a no-code tool. <laughs> cool. I mean part of it is just my my problem with marketing, right? <laughs> I just I just hate I just hate putting myself out there and here go check out this new product I built. I didn't want to say anything, yeah. but Yeah. That's it. It's cuz I suck at it. <laughs> As for the other, the original idea that I mentioned is, you know, I, here I'm building this this free side project that is useful for everyone in the community and is easy to to, to launch and to, to spread the word for because I'm not asking for money. There's no advertisement on it. It's like it's. But then once I've built it, I can then release some like some interesting behind the scene videos. Like here, this is how I built this section of that site, and this is how you could also use that for building similar sites or or have a bunch of other examples yeah i know absolutely you're 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 dead on but yeah if i was giving myself advice <laughs> i would say you built this smaller sculpt one where you're just building the, the landing page for this product for this new product and start putting out feelers for it and start talking to people that's what you should do mark Mark, you should build the smaller one and start putting out feelers out there to see our few people to gauge interest. You think so? I mean, that's my that's my opinion. Uh, oh, well, okay. The years I think you're right. of success. I think, I think you're right. No, that sounds like a better solution. A yeah. wise man <laughs> launched the small thing. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, I just so then I just need I just need a working prototype mm-hmm. for the for like a 
for screenshots or a, or a demo video that goes on the landing page. Yeah. yeah. All right. Toss in a sign-up link and start having some conversations. Let's do it. Baller team. <laughs> Damn, it's, it seems so simple when you, when you talk out loud about it or <laughs> talk to someone else about it. This is the thing, man. Like, even... <laughs> I think the people who are listening to us now get it. At least, I mean, like, I, I would get it. Of just, like, when you're in it, it's fucking hard, man. It's really hard. And, you know, some people are probably like, why don't you just do it? Like, just, just launch the small thing. It's fine. Like, what's, why are we, why, why did that take 20 minutes? Like, it's like, motherfucker, listen. Like, you don't understand how hard this is. But I guess that, that speaks to the, the, the excellent people who listen to, <laughs> to us talk. Uh, that they, they don't take for granted how hard any of this is. Because it's not. And if somebody says that it's easy, well, hey, good for them. Yeah. Good for them, because it ain't for me. <laughs> it's not easy. No. So, yeah, that's that's my goal for this week, then. Excellent. So, by next podcast, we're going to hear all about this iPod. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> no more cloak and dagger. <laughs> yeah. Let's, 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 let's build in public. I was just going to say, let's build in, <laughs> let's hashtag build in public. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Yeah, that's really it for me. I, I don't have much else. Yeah, me too. Great. In that case... I'll catch up with you next week. All right. Awesome. Cool, man. Get back to work. Yeah. All right. Catch you later. Bye.